You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We've got plenty to get to on today's show. It's a Super Bowl edition, of course, of NFL Reacts. We'll break down some positional value across the board in this game, and we've got plenty of Super Bowl NFL Reacts polls to get to. We'll, of course, get you the pick three, get you set up in your DraftKings lineups. And also, after the show, our friend RJ Ochoa sat down with Rams wide receiver Robert Woods to chat about Sunday's big game. So let me welcome in Kate Majuk of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. Before we get into the Super Bowl and break down this game a little bit more for you guys, Justice has some takes on last night's Hall of Fame class, and specifically a guy that didn't get in. That's... uh. Kick returner, punt returner, specialist Devin Hester, who is the best return man in football history, but Justice has some opinions about that. Yeah. Do you, do you guys think a punt returner can, can make it into the Hall of Fame? I mean, the Chicago Bears, you give him a nice punt returner. He can't play on offense. He can't play on defense. And they start telling you and gaslighting you, frankly, that you can't tell the story of the NFL without him. What moment does Devin Hester have other than taking an opening kickoff uh, to, to the house in the Super Bowl and then proceeding to lose that Super Bowl because it's not that important. I mean, this is uh, – punt returners, he, he bounced around to multiple teams. People forgot about it because by that point in his career, teams had realized kick the ball very high up and make him fair catch it or we'll just kick it out of bounds and he doesn't get to touch the ball. And the fact that you could do that against that type of guy um, tells you kind of how valuable they are. The other thing, too, is um, just generally people are telling on themselves about special teams. I mean, can can you guys name Steven right now? You you cover the NFL, right? You cover the NFL full time. Can you name three long snappers? Gun to your head. James Winchester. And the only reason I know that is because he's the Chiefs long snapper. Exactly. Everyone knows their long snapper. They don't know anyone else's long snapper. We don't have to pretend special teams matters that much. Like Devin Hester played a position. He did it very well. There's plenty of other people who would have been great returners too. They were just more valuable as wide receivers and stuff. So they ended up playing playing those positions. Like, can you imagine if Odell Beckham Jr. and Tyreek Hill just played punt returner full time? <laughs> They'd be great. Devin Hester is the one guy who can't catch a damn ball unless it's like hitting his shoulder pads in a, in a punt return situation. So I don't understand this whole Devin Hester thing. I under he's like very like Hall of Great to me, but I don't understand the people who are like it's offensive that he's he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, are you kidding me? The only, <sighs> I, I mean, 
he is great. He is the greatest kick returner of all time. And what returner? He's not even the best kick returner. Cordero Patterson's better kick returner than him. Yeah, he's the best punt returner in NFL history. I don't necessarily think he should be in the Hall of Fame. So I, I agree with you there. I think that if he were to make the Hall of Fame, it would have to be in a class like this, where there's no definitive first ballot person. And so if and he certainly wasn't going to make it in like on his first attempt, like there was no way right. that was going to happen. So. He's got to get one of these slimmer classes with no like clear cut NFL Hall of Famers in it. And then it's still probably questionable because I don't think anybody's ever going to vote for him to actually get into the Hall of Fame. So I thought I thought I it actually, was interesting. Oh, go ahead. I, I want to take you down just like a peg, Justice, because I feel like um, the the negative vibes here towards special teamers. Like it's not the special to... teamers. It's really bears fans. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> I, I, I can't, you can't give them anything. You can't give them anything. Okay. Well, here's, here's my, like my point or my argument. Um, not, not even an argument. I have no, no dog in this fight. Um, but you know, special teams, I feel like it's one of those things that when you have a really good special teams, it's extremely helpful um, and it, it can put your team in a really great position, put your offense in a really great position, put your defense in a good position, but when they're bad, it screws you. And we like, we just don't talk about it though. Like we, they are so key to putting both the offense and defense in good positions, but we don't talk like if you have a bad team, they can really screw over your entire team on both sides of the ball. When they're good, they help you. But we never talk about, we never give them any value. And I feel bad for these guys because they really do. Like there are times where they, uh, maybe they don't win the game, quote unquote, but they put the offense or defense in a position where they can win the game. Come on. And right? she's, got a, she's got a point. I mean, that, right? that Packers special teams cost them. Oh, why, why you got to bring up old stuff, man? <laughs> Well, you got to bring up old stuff. Uh, elsewhere in this class, I had a couple other thoughts. It, w- it was kind of interesting to me that they just let the old guys in. Um, that that seemed to be the case. I mean, we're talking about years of eligibility for modern era guys. They can elect six into the Hall of Fame every year. They ended up electing five. Uh, f- all four of the players who had been, you know, 10th year of eligibility or longer got in. That's Bryant Young, the defensive tackle for the Niners. Tony Baselli, the tackle for the Jags, Leroy Butler, the safety for the Packers, and then Sam Mills, who played, you know, linebacker for uh what New Orleans and Carolina. So they all got in. I was actually really happy for Mills because Mills was in his last uh opportunity for, for the modern era. Um, and then the only other guy that they, you know, the youngest guy is Richard Seymour, who's waiting for his fifth year. So it seems like they're not th- this was like a very like, let's clear the board, let's get the older guys in. And then we'll start focusing on this like next generation of players um, type of uh, Hall of Fame class. I thought it was interesting, though. They can elect six in. They only elected five in. So there there was an opportunity to get someone like DeMarcus Ware, who I thought was going to be, you know, at the time of his retirement, I would have thought first first team Hall of Famer because he was a guy who had a Hall of Fame career before he went and basically swung a Super Bowl for the Denver Broncos. Um, so, so that was a little surprising to me. I think at retirement, I wouldn't have thought, you know, Jared Allen, he's not going to get in his first two times. I mean, he was kind of like a borderline for first ballot type of guy for me. Um, last year we had three first ballot guys. We didn't get any this year. Next year, Revis is coming. Dwight Frigney is coming. 
it's going to be interesting to see how the, all this stuff shakes out. And then wide receiver. I mean, we've talked about wide receiver, you know, for Hall of Fame being like, it, it's just a log jam position and everyone is just waiting in line. And they're just not putting these guys in. I mean, Torrey Holt is still waiting out there. Reggie Wayne is now going into his fourth year of eligibility. Andre Johnson is going to go into his second year. So this, it's only going to be more difficult for these wide receivers to get in. I think those are kind of my my takeaways. I don't think any of the awards surprise me other than uh, Joe Burrow won comeback player of the year, and that's a regular season award. Um, Dak was basically the, the betting favorite the entire year to win that. So I, I think some people probably uh, lost some money there. Yeah, I think just Dak struggles down the stretch and Joe Burrow, all that stuff wound up helping him out. And I think, it's, you know, yeah, it's recency bias. I like Joe Burrow had the better end to the season. Um, and I think that's that's probably where that lies. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers won a bet with his back to back MVPs. He also did not say that he's retiring. So that's a win there for Packers fans. And Cooper Cup, Offensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. Those are guys I think we all kind of expected to win those awards. So all kind Rodgers of also with the corduroy suit. Did you guys see that? The corduroy <laughs> suit. That's a new one. It's yeah. Los Angeles. I don't know how hot it is in Los Angeles, especially like at. Did he get that at the Salvation PM. Army? Like, I. I, I, I mean, yeah, Cut your I, hair, Aaron. I don't know why he showed up looking like Robert De Niro and Jackie Brown, but <laughs> that was his outfit of choice to win another MVP award. He's a cowboy. He's a gunslinger now. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. That was the look he chose to go with. But we got a ton of stuff to get to on today's show. And of course, we're going to get into this Super Bowl matchup. I'm going to start with our first NFL Reacts poll today. We've got a ton of Super Bowl Super Bowl polls to get to uh, who will win the Super Bowl. 57% of the audience say the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know how you guys feel. I haven't officially given my Super Bowl prediction just yet this week. I am leaning towards the Rams, though. And I think that seems to be the popular pick amongst everybody here at SB Nation and really uh, across the media landscape. I just think the Rams have too much firepower on that defensive line and they'll give the Bengals too many problems in this football game. I'm with you. Um, I did see the uh, podcast title for yesterday's uh, podcast was basically like, let's talk about uh, Zach Taylor and how he's not a bad coach after, you know, on Wednesday, <laughs> KP and I just kind of like railed into him. And we're like, I can't believe this guy is coaching a Super Bowl. Um, I, I really do think it's, it's the Rams show. Um, I'm expecting not more than a touchdown, but I expect it to be over a touchdown more than less than a touchdown, I guess, if that makes any sense. Um, if if the Bengals win this by multiple scores, it's in some way that is unfathomable to me, basically. So I might eat a ton of crow. Um, I will certainly, when we get to uh, pick three and we talk about these prop bets, if the Bengals win by multiple scores, I'm going to have to, like, find a second job. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm rooting big for the Rams this weekend, I guess, is the, the overall take here. You're, I'm See, I'm like I'm projecting the Rams to be in this one. They they come in, I think, just with the better overall team, uh, more pressure on the defense. Um, they, they've just got, I think, the more well-rounded team and more experienced team. But 
like I'm lying if I'm saying I'm not rooting for the Bengals. Like I'm I'm a Ohio girl. Uh, I'm from the state of Ohio. I'm, uh, even as a, a Steelers fan, I'm contractually obligated to root for Ohio in any sort of championship capacity. But I, I feel like if if you're not rooting for the Bengals, you're just a Rams fan. Like I I feel like how are you not rooting for the underdog? I mean, they beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, so that's how I'm not rooting for them. First, Stevens like these pesky Joe McDaddy Burrow, like that is what I mean. This I have nothing against Burrow. I just don't think that team's very good, so I'm going to be putting money on the Rams. That that's my standpoint. I got nothing against uh, this Bengals team. I mean, they're very likable. Chase seems likable. Burrow seems likable. The rest of the team is fairly faceless, I guess. I would say. I mean, how much star power do they have outside of that? I guess Mixon for for people who play. Uh, fantasy and remember that name kind of a little bit more when he was more relevant but I, I like him I just uh, don't like him in this game yeah that's the thing for me too is that I just don't think the Bengals have enough true star power and playmaking ability to overpower the Rams stars and their playmakers but it's been an unexplainable NFL season in a lot of ways it's been an illogical NFL season in a lot of ways so that probably means the Bengals are just going to win this thing and watch them wind up just blowing the Rams out somehow. I, I wouldn't be shocked by that outcome at all, but let's oh, get McV- in. The McVay pack watch if uh, McVay blows this. Oh, and that's that's what it comes down to, in my opinion, is is Sean McVay going to fold on the stage again like he did in the last Super Bowl or and is he going to play it so safe that it winds up hurting his football team? That's I, I think there's. A, a very likely scenario of that happening in this game, too, which is now making me consider pick the Bengals as we're talking about it. But let's get into our positional discussions between these quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford. On DraftKings, they're both reasonably priced. Matthew Stafford is the more expensive quarterback this week over Joe Burrow. If I had to pick one, I, I would rather spend up a little bit more for Matthew Stafford just because... He's been so consistent in the playoffs. He's really performed above my expectation of him. I I thought we would see some bad Matthew Stafford games. I know he's had some bad moments, but overall he's been really consistent. He's made plays when he's needed to make plays. And there's not a big enough price difference where you're getting an extreme value for either quarterback in this game. I just, again, like the Rams stars, like their playmakers, like their wide receivers. I think they're going to be able to throw the football on this one. Yeah, Um, no, no argument there. I actually take it the other way. I mean, I I do like Stafford in terms of what he has as threats, you know, around him. But I I think the way, you know, that scoring works and interceptions, frankly, aren't penalized enough, right? I I think that the fact that Stafford might have much fewer attempts is the difference for me. I mean, you go back to the wild card game. He completed 11 passes against the Arizona Cardinals, right? If they build a lead, they're just going to turn that. They're going to shift down two gears and they're just going to run the dang ball. So um, that that's not out of McVay's blood yet. And, you know, we've talked we spent basically the past two weeks talking about how he gets really conservative in certain spots. So I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford is the guy who ends up with way fewer attempts. And if Burrow is able to close that in by throwing 45 times, I, I kind of like Burrow's chances in that. The interesting thing, though, is like looking over what they've done, what the Rams have done in the run game. 
just completely inefficient. They've really made a concerted effort to get Cam Akers like going. Uh, obviously, he's returning from a lower body injury. Who knows if that's affected his level of conditioning heading into the postseason? But they've like rammed the ball down his throat, um, and it, he's averaging like I think just under three yards per attempt. So it's not like if they take it back a gear and rely on the run game that they're being effective with the run game in any way, shape, or form. <sighs> Like, I, I don't think that Sean McVay is really going to have an option to take it down. I, he'll well, probably I guess this find is a way. To the backs, right. So, what do we think about Daryl Henderson? Right. So, Pro Football Focus obviously has uh, Cam Akers graded as like the worst running back in the league since he returned from an Achilles injury, which like is perfectly reasonable. It's a great story, even that, you know, he, he was able to come back from that Achilles injury. It seems like Sony Michelle is the guy who's taking all those like short yardage goal line carries type of stuff. Um, and now Henderson is back in practice. McVeigh is saying, Hey, he's probably going to play. Um, we're going to ride the hot hand. Do we believe that like Daryl Henderson can come in here and like take a, you know, a decent amount of workload here in this situation? Like I, Kind of believe it because it's not like Akers has been doing well to to Kate's point. And if you need someone between the twenties to rush the ball, it might have to be Henderson. If it's you know McVay is actually going to ride the hot hand like he's talking about. So I don't like the running backs on either side in this football game. And now Sean McVay has made me want to steer clear of it altogether because he's like, oh, we're going to use all three of them. We're going we're gonna to use Cam Akers. We're going to use Daryl Henderson. We're going to use Sony Michelle now. And Joe Mixon's the most expensive running back in the Super Bowl on DraftKings this week, but Joe Mixon hasn't been super productive. They've been utilizing him a little bit more in the passing game, but I, I don't love the matchup for him. And then now you've got to worry about possibly three running backs on the Rams side having a role. I'd like to avoid the running backs altogether if I can. And, and you can in a lot of these DraftKings lineups this week, the way it's set up with your, uh, you know, captain pick and your flexes and stuff like that. I'm probably going to avoid the running backs if I can. I, I do think there's a scenario like you were talking about where the Rams try to get up early and they think, okay, we can find success on the ground and they try to run the football. I just don't have faith that I'm going to pick the right Rams running back if we're supposed to believe Sean McVay ahead of this game. Yeah, I'd I got rather. A, I got a sickle bat in the pick three with uh, Henderson. I'm just letting you guys know that's one that uh, might cost the mortgage for the house. Oh God, <laughs> I I think yeah. For uh, just as a a forewarning here, um, I I definitely am uh, avoiding running backs and uh, maybe maybe instead in my showdown lineups I might accidentally put a kicker in my lineup like i don't know evan mcpherson the goat we'll see i i don't hate it at all evan mcpherson is nails he is he is just all of a sudden evan mcpherson is just like the most famous kicker in football next to justin tucker after this playoff run because he's been so good go as far as the uh wide receivers go in this matchup cooper cup jamar chase obviously top two pass catchers you want with either offense Cooper Cup, deservedly so, is the most expensive player in the Super Bowl, but he's just been so good, so uncoverable, just impossible to slow down in every way, no matter what the defense tries to do. 
to take him away. I think Cooper Cup's a guy you just absolutely have to have in your lineup. I'm curious how you guys feel about Jamar Chase because I am nervous. Like I still think that Jamar Chase is going to be able to get open enough, catch enough balls to like have an impact in the game. I'm just not convinced that he's necessarily going to have a monster Super Bowl or something like that is the Rams defense just tries to slow him down. I'm not at all sold. Like I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamar Chase comes out to break some, uh, break Gabe Davis's postseason receiving record. Uh, wouldn't be surprised at all if he like absolutely, uh, makes me crow, but I've seen this as more of a, a T Higgins game. Um, and like from a DFS standpoint, I think when you're looking at the value of these two wide receivers um, and comparing that with the upside that both of them have, um, the upside that T Higgins has displayed, um, you know, since like the bye week this year, um, since I think recovering a little bit more from that shoulder injury that he had early on, their upside and floor have been very comparable. Uh, and I think I'd prefer all the all the savings with T. Higgins. I'm not sure I'm buying into Jamar Chase. I'm with you guys. Um, you know, Chase is a guy who you remember the 200 yard games, which are spectacular. I mean, I think I think uh, his matchup against the Packers, he had his first 200 yard game the week after Devontae Adams had his first 200-yard game, right? Like, that's not a normal thing that wide receivers are able to produce that early on in their career. Um, but there's plenty of games where he has, you know, under 80 yards. It's not like Chase is really like a super consistent type of guy. And if you're if you're the Rams and you see kind of what Cincinnati has in terms of explosive threats across the field, you have to be thinking, like, Chase is the primary person that we're trying to stop in this entire Super Bowl, right, where it's – we, we got to make sure every play he's just not they they can't get it to the house in a single shot we got to make him earn it on a couple of plays at the very least right so i i think chase is uh probably not the highest uh return on value investment you know in in any sort of prop or or taking them in in dfs or anything like that so and kate you mentioned t higgins i love t higgins in this game and now, there's no guarantee that Jalen Ramsey is going to necessarily shadow Jamar Chase this entire game or anything like that. So there's a chance that he's going to be matched up with T. Higgins just as much. But I still like Higgins upside. He's going to be the cheaper wide receiver in the Super Bowl. He's going to get plenty of looks from Burrow, and he's been really good in their last two games. He's just been he he's been quiet good because Jamar Chase is the guy that everybody kind of pays attention to. Now, when we're looking at Odell Beckham as a secondary pass catcher for the Los Angeles Rams, I also love Odell Beckham. He's really come on in the postseason. He's been, become a huge part of this passing offense, and he's looked really consistent and good, and you're also going to get great value in him. So I don't mind pivoting away from Jamar Chase and loading up on T. Higgins and Odell Beckham in my lineups this week. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that at all, especially with the way that I think uh, we saw just – more uh, generated touches for Odell Beckham. Like as he's transitioned more fully into this offense, uh, we saw, I, I don't even remember what game this was, but uh, you know, they designed that Odell Beckham uh, touchdown throw. They said they were working on it all week and, and uh, practices like they are generating plays for Odell. And I think that, you know, even all of this practice leading up to the Super Bowl, all of these things are going to uh, continue trending in a good in a good direction for this team because 
generating touches for Odell has generally led to points. And I think they'll continue to do that. I mean, Odell is basically averaging 80 yards uh, per playoff game at this point. And that's a step that, you know, Browns fans said that he didn't have left in him. So I, I really do like Odell in this spot, especially if they figure out some sort of way to kind of bottle up cup. I mean, you figure they have two weeks to prepare for this. They have to have some sort of answers for cup. The problem is because he's in the slot so so much of the time. I mean, it, it was something like 500 yards more than anyone else out of the slot this year. Broke all those records um, from, you know, alignment uh, and, and production standpoint. That means Odell's going to be singled up outside. And I don't know if their corners can really handle that stuff, especially if they start doing double moves and like post wheels and like all sorts of stuff that they can do with, you know, Odell and Van Jefferson having that much speed. I, I think we're due for a couple of passing plays where, you know, even if Stafford does have very few attempts that, you know, Odell and Van Jefferson are going to be able to pop a couple of. So I wanted to ask you guys how you feel about these uh, third pass catching options in Van Jefferson and Tyler Boyd. They're both kind of dart throws. I think Van Jefferson, it's been like seven straight games or something like that. He hasn't scored a touchdown. It's they're both total dart throws and you're just kind of hoping for big plays because neither one of them gets enough volume to be consistent. But if you had to pick one of those dart throws for your lineup, for me, I think I'd pick Van Jefferson to to break that touchdown streak in the Super Bowl. I just think he's going to have an opportunity. And really, Matthew Stafford just uses him as a deep ball guy. Like He just likes to take a couple shots a game to Van Jefferson, and I'm hoping one of those connects for a long touchdown. I, I just don't know that I can trust that with Tyler Boyd at this point. For me, this comes down, like if you're, you're playing in a DFS format, uh, this comes down to uh, like what kind of contest are you playing in? Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how they're projecting out like ownership percentages for both of these guys, but uh, in a, a GPP where you need like a super high ceiling play, um, that's where I'm going with Van Jefferson. But uh, if I'm going for like a cash game and I'm just looking to, you know, help sustain my bankroll here, I think Tyler Boyd's the safer bet. Um, so I think it depends on what you're looking for from your lineups and what kind of contest you'll be playing in. I agree with that. I mean, Van Jefferson is definitely the more explosive player, but if we're thinking game script wise, the way that we've laid it out so far, right? Burrow's going to have to throw the hell out of the ball. Jamar Chase is going to be the focus of the coverage. The Rams really don't have a ton of coverage guys outside of uh, Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, no one's throwing at Weddle so far, but he's looking pretty good. Um, so they're, they're going to have to feed Higgins and Boyd. I would figure that I'd be pretty shocked if, if Boyd didn't have, you know, more targets than Van Jefferson in this spot. So if, if consistency is the play, it's definitely Boyd. If explosive plays is the play, then it's Van Jefferson. I will say to tie it back into, you know, our conversation on Wednesday, Stephen, I really think the, no matter who wins, I think there are going to be bad general managers in this league saying what we really need to do is give our quarterback who hasn't been very successful three wide receivers because X won the Super Bowl and it's going to be you know you can construct that narrative with Burrow right that team completely turned around um, with Chase being that that third edition I guess and then the same thing with uh, the Rams with you know Odell being kind of that guy for Matthew Stafford who you know had previously had you know Calvin Johnson it's literally harder to find a wide receiver better than Calvin Johnson but now that he has three guys. 
he looks a whole lot better. So I think there's going to be some bad teams that are like, you know what? Sam Darnold just needs that third guy, right? Daniel Jones just needs that third guy. And it's just going to be massive mistakes. Mind you, wide receivers and free agency are still a landmine. Um, we, I was looking at it the other day. I think Vincent Jackson is the best free agent wide receiver addition, like in the last decade and a half. Um, there's not very many free agent wide receivers who end up going, signing a big deal and having a ton of production. Um, it just doesn't happen. The guys that you think of hitting free agency didn't actually hit free agency. They got traded. So I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the takeaways from the Super Bowl are because everyone always extrapolates that entirely too far out of a one game sample. But this is going to be a fun matchup. I mean, we're talking about three players who legitimately have a chance to produce at the wide receiver position on either side of the ball. Yeah, I don't know if you could pick two teams with two different circumstances that are more impossible to replicate. <laughs> like the Rams just trade draft picks, trade draft picks, trade draft picks. Yeah, they spent down, they spent the first down. overall pick on Goff and they were like yeah. never again. Never and, again. And then the Bengals, I mean, you hit on Joe Burrow fantastic and then you go wide receiver and you take one of the greatest quarterback wide receiver combinations in college football history. And then you turn it around and just replicate it in the NFL. Like that's probably not very common. I, I don't have those numbers sitting right in front of me, but I can't imagine that that happens very often. So I don't think you could replicate the game plan or the model of either of these two teams and other teams in the NFL should probably avoid that. The tight ends in this game, both teams starting tight ends are questionable for the Super Bowl. So we don't know if Tyler Higby and CJ Uzama are going to be able to go. CJ Uzama swears he's going to play. And if they win, he's going to bathe in skyline chili and do all of that <laughs> stuff. So it sounds like he's going to play. Tyler Higby seems a little bit more questionable. Uzama, before he got hurt in the AFC championship game, was actually having a really nice postseason run and had actually been really productive for the Bengals. So I'd be worried about him being on a snap count because it's a quick turnaround for that kind of injury. And then if Higby goes, it's a solid matchup against the Bengals defense. It hasn't been great against opposing tight ends. I just don't know if he's actually going to play. And again, he could also be on the snap count. So I, I don't know if I love either tight end in this matchup, but there's reasons you could talk yourself into them if they play. But the the interesting thing for me, so if you're you're looking at like some of the prop bets available on DraftKings, um, the salary difference, uh, there's like a small salary difference uh, for uh, DraftKings DFS lineups. But if you look at the odds for both the, uh, you know, starting tight end like Tyler Higby and Kendall Blanton, they are the same. Uh, like they, they are literally matching each other. So if you're a believer that they're healthy, you might be kind of getting a bargain there. If you're not, um, then maybe that's the time to smash, uh, you know, your Kendall Blanton bets. Uh, cause I, I think that could be an interesting play. Um, they, the Rams utilize the tight end position pretty well, and they're able to, um, you know, get scores and touchdowns out of their tight ends. Uh, and we saw what, Kendall Blanton was do, able to do when given the opportunity. I think he's kind of an interesting pivot. Like I, I'm not looking to get Uzama or uh, Higby into my lineups per se, but Blanton's kind of got my eye. I think that's fair. I, I think out of these starting guys, I'm way more interested in Uzama than Higby. You know, if, if push comes to shove, just in terms of a flyer, just the way that Burrow seems to be more comfortable with him down the stretch. I mean, 
Higby has kind of just been the same dude that he, he has been for the past couple of years. So Uzama is the one that I'm more interested in, in terms of upside. But I understand the whole tight ends on pitch counts, all that stuff. It just seems like Uzama is more of that kind of move matchup tight end, whereas Higby is playing in line for the most part. And, uh, you know, the, the way that they use him doesn't really change on a game to game basis. And it hasn't really ramped up during the postseason either. I think he also seems a bit healthier. Just uh, overall, he seems like it, it seems like the team's more confident in his availability and uh, ability to contribute. It seems like uh, Zama's pretty like comfortable uh, with his ability. Again, like you don't know how much of this is show, but it definitely seems like Uzama might be closer to that uh, quote unquote tag of of healthiness, uh, whatever we want to call that. Uh, I don't think either of them are healthy, but. He seems like he's got the edge there. I do actually really like Kendall Blanton is just like a, a deep bargain bin option, if, especially if Higby doesn't wind up going. You know that he's going to get all the tight end snaps and be heavily involved in the offense. So I do agree with you there. Let's get to some of these NFL reacts polls, and then we will get to our pick three and get you guys set up in your DraftKings lineups. Who will win Super Bowl MVP? 36% of the audience says Joe Burrow. 28% says Matthew Stafford. 18% says Cooper Cup. 8% Aaron Donald. And 5% Jamar Chase. I'm kind of surprised that Joe Burrow is sitting atop this list. It's the likability factor. It's the um, it's definitely got something to do with the uh, just overall narrative of rooting for the Bengals because uh you know looking at uh, who's favored in this matchup like you're going to assume that uh it's going to go to the team that uh wins the Super Bowl obviously um and I I'm a little puzzled because we just had NFL reacts say that uh 57 of voters said that the Rams will win so what is going on here I feel like there's just a little bit of a discrepancy here um, but I mean, I think Matthew Stafford is easily the safest bet. They're the favored team. Um, I think everybody, you know, is is of the belief that they have, um, uh, you know, a safer, safer chance. And it it's a quarterback award anyway. Right. Yeah. Fifty seven percent say the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl, but fifty four percent say that a Rams player is going to win MVP. So I need to know from the 3% of the people who voted here that think the Rams are going to win, but Burrow or Chase are going to be Super Bowl MVP. They're uh, shaking things up this year. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I want to pick your brain a little bit. The math's not mathing very hard here. <laughs> yeah, doesn't uh doesn't really make a lot of sense, but whatever, we're going to go with it. This one certainly doesn't make sense, in my opinion. Will the opening coin toss be heads or tails? 51% of the audience says heads. So if you came to NFL reacts to get any insights on the, uh, co on the court coin toss uh, to start the game, we gave you absolutely none. It's still a coin toss. According to the audience, absolutely no help there whatsoever. Um, I, I just want sickos. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They're leaning heads. So that's what we're going with. I want to get to this one. Which food item is must have on your Super Bowl menu? Wings with 40%, pizza with 28%, nachos, 18%, buffalo dip. I, that's not necessarily a Super Bowl item I really think of, but 8%. Potato skins coming in at 4%. I want to be real with you guys on this one. Um, 
Wings will not be anywhere near my Super Bowl spread. Why? I'm not a wings person. I don't really like them. What's wrong? You uh, scared a bird? You don't like a nice fried bird? Come on. It's fine. Like if I go somewhere and wings are the only option, I'll eat some wings. That's it? It has to it's be the last just, option on earth? It's just not. Who hurt you? It, it's you've never had good. a good chicken wing. Clearly, you've never had a good chicken no, wing in your I life. Mean, I've I've had some good ones. They're fine. They're fine. I think they're if fine. If you've had fine chicken wings, you haven't had a And listen. I don't want to get into the boneless versus regular debate. I understand boneless is just chicken nuggets, but they're fine. I just don't really love chicken on the bone personally. Also, wings really messy. I don't like eating stuff that I then have to spend 10 minutes cleaning my hands afterwards and go like power wash them in the bathroom. That's just me personally. I think there's other things that are just much, much easier to eat at a Super Bowl party. So I avoid the wings. Sometimes you got to be sloppy. Sometimes you got to be sloppy. <laughs> I just don't. I just never been a been a wings person personally. Uh, will the national anthem be less or longer than two minutes? Seventy two percent say longer. I don't really have any thoughts on this. I don't know if you've guys got some numbers uh, based on past Super Bowls length of the national anthem that say it should be over two minutes long. Um, I would think this is just a guessing game, but I don't dive that deep when it comes to betting on the national anthem in the Super Bowl. I did see that, uh, you know, a place that wasn't DraftKings, so I'm not going to talk about it, talk about their name. Um, they had a prop up that was, I think it was a hundred seconds and, uh, their bookmaker went on Twitter and was like, that is no longer live because we just took a bunch of max bets on the over. So I don't know about two minutes. But certainly, you know, a minute and 40 seconds, it seems like it's going to be over in that type of situation. So, yeah. So take the over. Go with the NFL Reacts community. Are you more excited for Super Bowl commercials or the halftime show? 73% of the audience says commercials. I'm kind of with them here. I really enjoy the Super Bowl commercials and, and watching like new movie trailers and stuff like that. I, I don't really get down that hard on the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, you should this year. It's kind of like uh, prime. It, I don't. What what year were you born? Ninety one, Stephen. Like eighty nine. Eighty nine. Okay. This oh, what foot in show. the grave? Look yeah. at that. I, I'm just saying. Uh, we're this is like our generation's ultimate halftime show. We've got Eminem. We've got Dr. Dre. We've got Snoop Dogg. Mary J. Blige. It's just like the the whole. Uh, the the whole kit and caboodle is like designed for us personally, our generation. You've got to be into this year's Super Bowl show. The the commercials haven't been great recently either. I mean, people keep hyping up these commercials. When's the last time we've had like a good slate of commercials for the Super Bowl? Steven, you're wrong here. It's definitely <laughs> it's definitely uh, the halftime show. We do have that other poll too that says, you know, what song will be played first at halftime? California Love is number one with 36%. I understand the whole California thing. I feel like if Dr. Dre walks out there, there's going to be a lot of like people who are not familiar with rap music that are going to just wonder like, wait, who is that guy? Whereas like Snoop Dogg, he walks on every person in this country. My grandmother who speaks Spanish primarily and speaks broken English knows who Snoop Dogg is. Like Snoop Dogg has to be the first person they put on that stage, right? It can't I do be think you have a point there. Uh, I think there there is a disconnect, I think, with some generations when it comes to Dr. Dre, just because he's not like he hasn't been out and about as much as like Snoop. Right. 
this. Like Snoop Dogg's everywhere. He's on TV all the time. He's all over the place. Well, and Snoop Dogg, I mean, he's doing like the Puppy Bowl. He did the Puppy Bowl last year. Uh, he's definitely, I think, and he's a huge NFL fan. So like uh, maybe a bandwagon fan, but he's an NFL fan. Uh, he's very visible to the NFL community. So I would say I'll give the edge to Snoop Dogg there in terms of who's going to be out on stage uh, performing first. But um, I do need to go back, guys, because my microphone muted as we were discussing the the national anthem. And I needed to say my piece before we moved on and talked about actual stuff that uh, we can intelligently bet on. Um, So Mickey Guyton, uh, she's a country singer. She is doing this year's national anthem. And there is a video of her doing the national anthem last year, and it was fast. Uh, I didn't time it, and I wish I would have prior to this discussion, because that seems like it would have made a lot of sense. But um, go look. uh, She's a fantastic singer, but uh, go look up her national anthem from last year, because she, like, blew through it. Um, And two minutes has been the average time, like, across the board uh, for you know, years, all these years past, but I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take the under unless she just throws us for a giant roller coaster loop. Kate said she watched the film. She watched the film. See, I I did the tape y'all. That's, that's why we brought it to the table. And now my decision has changed. Now I'm going about my, my muted microphone. (laughs) Uh, But I had to, I had to bring us back because that was like, critical information that I had. And also, I'm sorry if this information uh, steers anybody in the wrong direction. Just go watch the tape. Watch the tape. Yeah, I'll, I'm I'll sure you can out. find the tape. She, she, she'll she tweet out the tape for you. That way yes. you can check it for gotcha. yourself. And then you, can, then you can hit her up on Twitter when you guys catch that bet. So for the final <laughs> time, for the final time this season, Super Bowl edition of pick three. We get you set up in your DraftKings lineups, give you our favorite plays, and Justice will have three of his favorite Super Bowl bets. Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick three is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Kate, your Super Bowl quarterback. All right. I'm actually going to go value here. Obviously, we don't have a huge slate of quarterbacks to talk about, but I'm going to roll with Joe Burrow, who is the like the the just pinnacle of uh, underdog and the pinnacle uh, of a, a guy who I don't think has been too shy in all of these huge moments uh, here in the postseason since week uh, 16, he's had two performances of four touchdowns. Um, he's been just knocking it out in terms of yardage. If he can stay upright and protect the ball, uh, I do think he's got a chance to uh, pay off in some big ways because uh, not to uh, you know, give away that wide receiver value. But uh, if I can pull off the Joe Burrow T Higgins stack, that's where I'm putting all of my money this week. Yeah, obviously we've only got two quarterbacks to pick from. I went the <laughs> other way with Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's the more expensive of the two quarterbacks. But as I already mentioned earlier in the show, I 
just think that he has been consistent so far in the playoffs. I've been really impressed with him and I like his weapons a little bit better in this Super Bowl matchup. And I also think that Rams pass rush is just going to be able to give Joe Burrow some problems. So I'm a little bit more cautious on Burrow. I'm rolling the dice on Matthew Stafford. Again, the way the DraftKings lineups are set up this week for the Super Bowl, you don't necessarily have to pick a running back. So your pick three flex, I guess, Kate. All right, I'm I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna roll with uh, my my like fingers crossed pick for MVP. Let's let's get Evan McPherson into our lineups here because uh, you know I don't know uh, necessarily. I I think uh, my hopes are that the Bengals continue to uh, be aggressive and put the ball in Joe Burrow's hands and Jamar Chase's hands, but. What if they start to retreat a little bit, kind of like we see with Sean McVay, where they get a little bit less aggressive and, um, you know, maybe they they take some field goals instead of, uh, you know, going for it on fourth. Uh, I, I think he could be in a position just to, to score points if the Bengals are going to play it safe and just play kind of chip away at the, the point total. Um Evan McPherson would be the guy and he's uh, he's extremely affordable and could pay off in some really big ways. The legend of Evan McPherson, if they win the Super Bowl, it's just going to be oh, man. like the the Joe Burrow story. Like he came up to him on the sideline and said, oh, we're about to go to the AFC championship game. Like right before he kicked a game winning field goal, then he did it again in the AFC championship game like that dude. Justin Tucker better watch out because Evan McPherson is coming for that best kicker crown in the NFL. Yeah, I'm gonna he's, go... he's gonna be fun to watch for a long time. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and roll the dice on a running back. I, I don't love it, but I still want to try. I still want to give it a shot. I'm gonna go with Cam Akers here in the mm-hmm. hope that Sean McVay saying he's gonna use Akers, Michelle, and Henderson is just total nonsense. And hope that his value pays off. Mixon's way too expensive for me to get him anywhere near my lineup. So I'm going to roll the dice on Cam Akers and, and hope that you know the Rams wind up getting a lead and they do wind up running the football quite a bit in this game. And hopefully Cam Akers finds the end zone. Your pick three wide receiver, Kate. All right, got to go with T. Higgins. Like I said, I'm, I'm going for that stack here. Uh, T. Higgins has had 95 or more receiving yards in six out of his last nine games. Uh, he's been just absolutely stellar and, uh, he's been performing pretty similarly to Jamar chase, but, uh, even has an edge on him in terms of, uh, receiving yards per game since week 12. Uh, he's been excellent and you get him at the discount despite all that upside. Uh, give me T Higgins, uh, and, and I'm going to win, uh, with my full slate of Bengals, uh, just across the board and my DFS lineups. Yeah, my pick three wide receiver is T Higgins for all the reasons that Kate said. I just think he's a fantastic value. I think he's a great player, and I think he's going to have an opportunity to really show up big for the Cincinnati offense in the Super Bowl. So he might be in every single one of my lineups this weekend. Might be in every single one. And and you should. You should have T Higgins everywhere. So uh, I love the pick there. Justice, your three favorite Super Bowl bets. All three of them are Rams. So if the Bengals (laughs) win, here's a – a, a quick way to figure out if I've lost money this week. Um, first one, <laughs> Matthew Stafford, under 35 and a half attempts, minus 105. I think that's pretty good value. Um, you look back at the Arizona wildcard round game, 
which is the last time that they were really able to build an early lead. Um, he had 11 completions off of uh, 17 attempts. So we've seen this offense already, you know, shift down a couple gears as we've talked about earlier in this pod. Um, my second bet, Van Jefferson with a long of 18 and a half yards or longer. I'm going over there. 13 of his last 15 games, he's had a long of 18 or longer. Uh, 16 of his last 20. Van Jefferson is the shot play guy. I don't I don't understand why they think he's going to be capped out. It's not like he's drawing all that attention. He's the third wide receiver there. Um, here's an honorable mention bet for the wide receivers. Odell Beckham Jr. over 62 and a half yards uh, receiving. He's been averaging uh, 79 yards per game in this playoff. So I, I really do think he's getting hotter. Um, certainly with two more weeks of him in this system, I'm sure they have something dialed up for him. So that's kind of my honorable mention there. And then the sicko bet, Daryl Henderson leading, leading the Super Bowl in rushing yards plus Ooh. 750. Um, we already mentioned, you know, plenty of times they, they've had struggles with acres kind of being the lead back in between the twenties. Henderson is now, looking like he is going to be playing. Um, McVay said, we're going to be writing the hot hand, uh, you know, quote, unquote. So I really do think that there's an opportunity here where Henderson is like the guy in for the Rams offense and the Bengals are just out of a script where they can't really run the ball. Um, the honorable mention here, Daryl Henderson, longest rush, plus 900, plus 900. I'm, I'm oh, a I big Daryl Henderson fan here this weekend. I am a huge Daryl Henderson fan, and I think people are forgetting, uh, maybe because he hasn't been healthy uh, for for quite some time, just how explosive he is. Because uh, with the way that like Cam Akers has been playing, um, incredibly inefficient. With the way that Joe Mixon has been playing, also incredibly inefficient. I'm absolutely, absolutely loving Daryl Henderson for Longest Rush. Oh, my yeah, gosh. As long, as long as Samaj P. Ryan doesn't, you know, bust another play like he did a couple of weeks ago, just out of nowhere. I'm not, he's, I'm not betting on that. Uh, yeah, I don't think lightning strikes twice. So, Daryl Henderson, <laughs> bring home the money, baby. Bring Where's it home. the Daryl Henderson pod? I'm I'm willing to bet that that Samaj P. Ryan play was like the longest of his career. I don't think you got to worry about that at the Super Bowl. <laughs> that is our pick three brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you guys so much for listening to NFL Reacts all throughout the season. I hope you win all the money on Super Bowl Sunday and you have a fantastic day uh, just watching football and rooting for your guys to cash and make you some money. Uh, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to everything that we're doing at the SB Nation NFL Show. You can do that on Apple and Spotify. Now, you can follow Justice on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. You can follow Kate at FFBallBlast. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Remember, stick around. Immediately after this, we'll have RJ Ochoa sitting down with Rams wide receiver Robert Woods. That's coming up next. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pleased to be joined now here on the SB Nation NFL show by one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Truly, totally. This isn't just me pandering. Uh, great name. Strong name. Uh, great name for nicknames. It is Los Angeles Rams wide receiver Robert Woods. Bobby Trees, thank you so much for joining the SB Nation NFL show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, RJ. I want to start uh, with something that I hope you've never been asked before. Do you remember the first thing you ever posted on Instagram? Uh, right as I was entering the draft. So it might be me at a... Rookie premiere. So it's an ESPN Rise magazine. And and the caption you put was actually ESPN Rise magazine as my first pick. Like you literally let it be known. Like it's my first picture. (laughs) (laughs) I still remember that. Uh, Good for you. So what's really changed the most in your life since then? You've been through a lot. Yeah, I've been through a lot. Uh, Able to uh, attend one of the best universities. um, graduated from there, got drafted to Buffalo, uh, Western New York, been able to play there four years, came back home uh, to play for the home team, the Rams. Um, and now I'm here in our second appearance in the Super Bowl, uh, trying to make things different this time and, and, and be on that winning side for sure. I know you've been asked a lot about the course of the last few months for you. And, and I, I can't imagine, you know, what it's like for you, the feeling. I, I imagine it's something you've talked to Cooper Cup about. I imagine it's something you've spoken to Von Miller about, the, the first Super Bowl that the Denver Broncos were in, actually, uh, he wasn't a part of. And so what do you attribute your resolve to, your, your kind of mental discipline to go through this? This is a unique experience that you're going through. Um, where, where do you ground yourself? Uh, really, really having a great support system from um, my wife, my, my, my parents, um, and of course, my teammates and coaches a great training staff, but really being around some great people who had experiences. Um, like you said, not only the Super Bowl, but even just with ACLs, uh, Cooper Cup, Von Miller, OBJ. Um, these guys have been uh, vital to, to my recovery um, before surgery, after surgery. Um, but really just, just, just sharing what it takes to get back. And then on the Super Bowl note, um, still being in it. I would say uh, Von um, came to the house. Uh, we had a great talk, Cooper. We've been we've been talking constantly, uh, even on the bus to the pep rally. But just um, them making me feel a part of it. Uh, I'm in rehab, and we're still talking football, talking plays, talking the game plan. Uh, being on the sideline this Sunday, looking forward to that, being with the team. Um, but really, just the guys embracing me, making making me feel a part of the team still. I think that's that's a big part of why so many people are rooting for you guys is your story and, and the camaraderie you have. Not every Super Bowl team, not every team. I mean, I don't have to tell you that has that that same sense of brotherhood, same sense of unity. Uh, so it's been very cool, especially to watch your relationship with Cooper. Um, that's something that a lot of people can connect with, obviously, just because, you know, your fellow wide receivers, um, you know, you, you, this is a big week. Are the nerves? I mean, you, you've, you've been here before. You know what it's like. But, you know, th- does it feel the same? Does it feel different? Or, or you know, how are you going to feel on Sunday? Have you kind of thought about that? Have you let yourself live beyond the moment? Uh, I haven't. I haven't lived beyond the moment. I'm I say a little bit. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting teased and getting excited, but still just trying to live in the moment. There's so much going on. Super Bowl experience. Um, 
being able to be here and and do all the events. But uh, yeah, getting getting excited for for me, my first experience. I was uh, so focused in on the game uh, the night before the game, barely slept, dreaming or just up thinking about plays uh, that I was going to make the next day. Uh, now I would say I'm a, I'm a little bit laid back, confident in the guys um, that their their preparation is uh, up to par of what we need to win. Um, but not being able to play is, is just having the total confidence in our team and their preparation and you know, uh, less I, stress. Uh, I was going to say, I haven't seen a lot of people who, who love their, their city like you do. I mean, and, and you see that a lot of L.A. people um, kind of ride for L.A. I'm from South Texas. And so I'll tell you straight up, Whataburger totally owns in and out. You know, we don't have to have this conversation. Uh, Robert, I see but, your background. I, I see a lot of Dallas. Like, and I know. I cover the Cowboys at SB Nation, so we don't have to talk about your trip to the Super Bowl last time and when you beat the Cowboys in the divisional round at the Coliseum. It's not burned in my mind or anything. Jared Goff, you know, securing the first down against Jeff Heath. Seriously, I don't think about it all the time or anything like that. Uh, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, do you feel like a, a sense of pride with the Super Bowl being in Los Angeles? There's been so much about the NFL's return in the last five years. Like, is it cool for you? Like, like could you have envisioned this growing up? Because Obviously, when you grew up, football wasn't really a part of Los Angeles. Now the return has has it been everything you thought it would be if it ever did happen? Yeah, I would say uh, Los Angeles people definitely take pride in uh, their teams, um, their culture. Um, it's, uh, it's it's just a great culture. You have Hollywood, you have the beaches, you have your sports, you have your entertainment. Um, it's just it's so much to be proud of, and you have a. Uh, teams here like the 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 Dodgers who who won championships, Lakers who won championships, LA Kings who win championships and uh the LA Rams coming back uh was six, seven years ago um to LA. Um huge, super huge for the city. Um just to have a, a NFL team coming back. Now we're here hosting a Super Bowl here in our city and we're playing in it. So it's it's super great to be back on top having an NFL team here in L.A. Uh, for our fans, for our culture, um, and our, our culture is, is, is championship sports. Well, I know the home feel is important. All people's homes are important. People do their, their projects and their work around home. They head to Lowe's. I know you're doing work with Lowe's. What exactly do you have going on? Yeah, being able to be here with Lowe's, uh, doing some events. Uh, they were able to commit, 100, um, commit to 100 communities this past season, being able to give back in many different ways. And uh, they actually have a Twitter poll that's open. It's, it's closed February 13th, but uh, allows fans to vote and um, pick their next uh, city or, or next uh, location, I would say. But um, the location is will be held whoever wins the Super Bowl. Uh, hopefully it's here in Los Angeles, keeping everything in L.A. Um, but, yeah, they're able to give back to the community in, in many different ways. Um, and the 101st project will be coming up soon. That's awesome. Great work you're doing, Robert. Um, you've worn yeah. some of the greatest uniforms in football, college, and the NFL, so happy for you in that sense. Wish you the best in recovery. Wish you all the luck on Sunday, um, and enjoy the rest of the week. You've earned it. Will do. You too. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.